Willkommen, bienvenue, konnichiwa, ni hao, jambo, marhaba. It's time for the Arms Inquisition yet again, episode 257 on Sunday, the 13th of November, 2022. I'm Amish Phil. I'm Amish Ben. And I'm Amish Matt. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. And tonight we're guests, uh, we're guests, we're joined. <laughs> <laughs> tonight we're joined by ergonomy researcher and blogger Leon Southgate. How are you doing, Leon? Sorry, I got you faded out. Say again. Ergonomy researcher and blogger. Oh, standby, standby. Technical, <laughs> technical issue going on here. What's going on? Do you know, I've got YouTube over We just had a, an infinite doom loop then. <laughs> we had an infinite doom loop. Sorry, Leon. How are you doing, mate? Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> My apocalypse in chat getting crazy over your feedback. Absolutely. Holy cow. Is one of those gift. orgones floating around? Yeah, we it? had a bit of an orgone feedback loop. Yeah. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Solly, you're not far from us, I don't think, Leon. Are you in the Northwest? I, I am, yeah. Yeah, just near Liverpool and uh, yeah. near the Mersey and uh, not far. Well, I'm kind of in between Liverpool and Cheshire. So it's, uh, it's a nice little bit of the world, really. Yeah. 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 Very good. Um, now, now then, um, we were talking briefly about Peter Jones because we've. this isn't our first dive into ergonomy, isn't it? Is it? But it's been a long time. I look back and I think it's episode 96. Oof, wow. The last time when we spoke to, to Peter Jones. Yeah. So yeah. I think a lot of people will be coming to this fresh. Fuck, fuck, fresh. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I think it's fair to say it's quite a niche area, isn't it, ergonomy? So how, how, how did you get into this? Well, through my father... But it, it's um, and through through Wilhelm Reich's son, strangely enough, because um, Wilhelm Reich's son wrote a book uh, um, uh, about the time with his his dad around a sort of the, the height of their um, cloud busting experiments, and uh, and he um, that book was on my dad's psychotherapy uh, bookshelf. And uh, that, that's what, uh, called A Book of Dreams. Uh, it's a brilliant book. It really gives you insight into, like, that most um, crucial time in Reich's life. And um, so that, that, that kindled my interest in orgonomy. And my dad had an orgone blanket and things like that. And he'd, he'd referenced Reich in his work because he'd always been interested in group dynamics. So Reich was one of the people that... Um, influenced my dad he was kind of a bit of a renegade psychotherapist in north london really? um, yeah he, he set up his own institute and then got booted out of his own institute <laughs> for being too controversial at one point 
But um, yeah, he, he um, I think it was called the Institute for Self-Analysis and then um, CAT, the Center for Attachment-Based Psychoanalytic Psychotherapy. Um, but so I grew up in a psychotherapy school where, well, when I was, I lived part-time with my dad and but, so I actually lived inside a psychotherapy institute. Um, so, um, so that introduced me to ergonomy and just in, it is a niche area, but it's, it's a strange niche because it, it it's, it, Although it's kind of quite small, it's been really steady since, like, apart from a few years after Wright died, there's been about 20 doctors and and, and spotted about the world and two or three journals. And the, and the output of research has been continuous since... It, it's never really um it's never really stopped which is kind of unusual for a niche area it's just like ticked along the the since um right passed away in 57 1957 but um my dad uh, my dad sort of introduced me to to the to Orgone and Reich, and and then I did a an acupuncture degree and the end of the acupuncture course you, you had an option to do a um a, a master's study so i i did a i did a research degree and i was thinking oh what should i do it in and then the the memories of my dad's orgone blanket and the peter reich's book came back to me and uh, that that was really the start of my um whole kind of passion in life really so i didn't i really find find my path in life till i was uh, sort of 30 so and and that and that's been my path ever since really um it's been quite a um like a quite a sort of quite as a a a single-minded path since then really um, One of the things that really surprised me about when we were talking to Peter Jones, because I think we went into that not, knowing pretty much nothing about Wilhelm Reich, but what really um, astonished me was the, the book burning. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the, the book burning is, um, I think Reich is actually almost unique in history of being the only person to, to have his books burn four times by three major world governments but i don't think anyone else has got that record the 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 soviet union burnt his books and put him on a list nazi germany burnt his books and put him on a on a list um and the the um the americans um the american government twice burnt his books <laughs> Wow. One, I think 50, was it 50s? It would have been about 55 and then again about 62, I think. So the, they, the, especially the mass psychology of fascism, that, that really got the American government worried. I think as much as the concept of Orgone, his outlining of the psychology of fascism, 
which um, you know, there's that guy. He, he, he mass mass formation psycho mass formation um, psychology. Matthias Matthias Desmet. Yeah, he's gotten a, quite a lot of traction recently with that, and that that that's pretty. Um, I mean, there there is a couple of other people as well, but that, that that's. Um, that, that does kind of reminisce of, of Reich's mass psychology of fascism. Can you um, can you still get hold of that? Yeah, yeah. All, all the books have been reprinted now. Even just makes me want to read it more. The fact that governments yeah. wanted to burn it, you know, it makes me want to read it more. I yeah, it, it's available from um, the Farrar Strauss and Giro were the original publishers but I, i'm not sure um if they're still publishing yet but it, it, it it's pretty much available the the mass psychology of fascism and the the one book that wasn't available um the wilhelm wright museum had reprinted it the his last book which uh, even some people in autonomy um for, find um Reich's last book too much and don't like to mention it too much uh, it's called um contact with spike with space uh, and it, it details the, the um radioactive cloud busting experiments and all the kind of crazy stuff that went on in in about the mid 50s um, um sorry you just mentioned the cloud busting before just one sec uh, leon could you turn your speakers down a little bit or your uh yeah sure i'm hearing it was mm. back um, what were you going to say? Uh, how's that? One, two, yeah. three. Sound. Right, okay. So, yeah, I was just asking about the cloud. What is the cloud-busting experiments? Can you explain that a little bit? Because that sounds a bit crazy. Um. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, the, the cloud, strangely enough, um, where someone asked me about, oh, what, what's the best evidence in ergonomy? And I, I looked through it and I looked at, the, my own evidence, which is in kind of medical areas, and um, and then uh, and then I looked at how much medical evidence is available overall, and uh, and there's a fair amount because uh, as I was saying, the the doctors have been rolling over, doing bits of work continually since the 50s. So it's one of the few areas in in kind of very unorthodox science that's got. Um, sort of a good, what is it, 70 years worth of research and journals um, published now. But uh, out of all the areas, the thanks to um, James DeMio, the the, um, the orgone scientist who passed away, um, the, the cloud busting is the best evidence. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really quite quite strongly evidenced from... Um, well, there, there's James DeMio did a, a, a master's um, study at Kansas University and provided good evidence that the cloud busters do have a genuine effect on, on cloud formation and, and disperse, dispersal. And then he, he did, um, he was going to do a PhD, but it got blocked by, by the uh, government agency pressured Kansas University not to allow that to go ahead. 
How did, how did they know that? Is, there, is that documented, sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. He, well, he kind of, um, he probably wouldn't, if it, in hindsight, he wouldn't do the same thing, I'm sure, but he, he applied for um, funding for the, for the study because like, things like cloud seeding are, are well, uh, there's enormous funds put into cloud seeding and it doesn't even work that well. Um, and it just basically throwing chemicals into clouds and hoping that they attract a bit more moisture. Um, you, so he, he was thinking, well, the, that's funded so much, uh, I'll apply for some funding. And and that, that well, this was back in the... Um, the, the late 80s, I think. I, I can't remember exactly. I think it's late 80s. And so that that attracted the the government's attention. I think there, there's a, 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 a national, a, the National Science Council or something, um, something along those lines, it, it came to their attention. And then, and then it would have got back to sort of um, national government, and then they they sort of let Kansas University know that wasn't the uh, to be allowed. Uh, and also, he got personal threats from someone uh, uh, is, who's pretty likely to, um, to to be a low level operative, and uh, so so that. Uh, that kind of option was was um, not a pathway for him, but it, he ended up doing a better PhD in evidencing the because he, he looked at um, he did a cross cultural anthropological study of um, the roots of human armoring called Sahara Asia, and that that became a book, and so that 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 was unique um, new. Uh, that that was completely new in in ergonomy. So in a way, it was a better PhD for him to do. And then he he did with the cloud busting. He he then went to um or he he went to Eritrea in Eastern Africa, and with with two cloud busters, or it might have been three, um, but at least two cloud busters and two or three groups of people coordinated. They they completely reversed a drought affecting the whole of Eastern Africa, and and he and he catalogued it in detail and showed how unlikely this drought was to end at the exact time that he was cloud busting, and also you you could you can literally see the cloud busters affecting the um, the sky. You can you can see them pulling in the clouds, and um, it's it's amazing. Um, and even standing near a, a full-size cloudbuster, the, the the actual gravity changes near it. You you can feel a really strong energy field. Um, I mean, a, a full-size cloudbuster can affect sort of a quarter of a, a, a continent. Um, so the, it, the, these ones are, are huge, but parked on on the back of trucks. With um, so you you've got um, six or, or so big metal tubes 
um, connected to a, a, a huge amount of cabling going into a lake or a, or a river. Um, and um, uh, I've, uh, I've done some different experimentation with, uh, um, I've actually repeated the, his space gun um, uh, experiments and, and the Oranor experiment. I'm, I'm the only person in the world to repeat the Oranor experiments. So what is that? And you'll have to explain what the Oranor, because I've never heard that word before. Um, it's all going against nuclear. It was the, um, uh, the the way the word is is made. O R A N U R, and, and I think Wright was worried during the Korean War about radiation, and he, he was looking at ways of trying to neutralise it, and thinking that orgone uh, might neutralise radioactivity. So he, he got a really strong. Um, orgone accumulator and put a tiny amount of radium in it and and the the orgone went ballistic and and it was really um uh, quite quite dangerous and and people got sick but um but then it had a lot of positive effects as well and and he found that the the piece of radium got transformed into a, a very supercharged positive um, material that he used with cloud busters. And, and when, he, when he used this supercharged material with cloud busters, he called it the space gun. And he, he talks a lot about that in um, contact with space because a, a cloud buster will, will it pulls the orgone in to, to the, so you might have like, say in a desert, you might have flat, orgone layer very smooth and then the cloud buster pulls it out of its smoothness into into lumps because it can affect the ether and then and then the the water will then get attracted to the to to the um to the lumps of of orgone in the sky rather than be smooth but a, a, a space gun is different because it's so highly charged it shoots orgone at the sky instead of pulling it in um but it, it, so the in the oranor experiment the the radio the the radium that he used um once that became changed by the orgone he, he then used it with cloud busters um so uh, i um i repeated the, his experiments but i i i toned it down by about a, a factor of a hundred or it, a, it might have been a factor of a thousand uh, i can't remember exactly the one of my um research friends in in Italy, Roberto, he worked out the figures exactly. He's much better with numbers than me. And um, but I, I toned it right down, and then I gradually increased the, the charge and the radioactivity uh, so that it – and I managed to avoid having, like, a, a, an Oranor emergency. So I, I managed to create Oranor, but kind of in a, at a safe level. Hang on a minute, Leon. <laughs> where uh, I think I might know the answer to this, but where did you get your radioactive material from? Oh, can I can I answer it? Go on. Was it yeah. old watches? 
Um, the Reich had a radium watch because in the 50s they used to have um, uh, watches with uh, uh, radium dials. Yeah, they used to paint the hands, didn't they? Yeah. Oh. I'm thinking the stuff that probably all of us have in our house. Bananas. Yeah. That's slightly yeah. radioactive. Or going blanket. Mm. <laughs> Um, it, it was smoke alarms, the old-fashioned ah, smoke alarms. Oh, they still, they still are. Yeah, well, they're, they're changing. I don't think they want people to have access to to uh, any type of things that they can do their own experiments because they're phasing out the radioactive ones. And, and there's a, they, they, they use um, uh, light-detecting ones. Optical. Now yeah. 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 Um, but uh, I managed to find a radioactive plate in a in a car boot tail in Wales. That's so, true. Uh, there was a, a regulation change. I think was it this mm. year, and um, mm. you can only get optical smoke detectors now. Right. You can't and, get. I'm blanking on the name uh, of the old type. But you can't get them. Yeah. I don't think. Well, the the amount of um, radioactivity in a smoke alarm is tiny. I mean, you you could. It, it, it's it's absolutely tiny. I mean, it hardly because uh, I've got a Geiger counter, and it hardly raises the radioactivity above the background count. If you put the Geiger counter right next to where the americium is stored in the smoke alarm, you get a small increase in the Geiger count. You 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 could probably eat it. I mean, it is tiny. Don't um, try this at home, yeah, kids. Yeah. Don't be yeah. eating your smoke alarms. <laughs> um, yeah, don't strike do that. Strike three. <laughs> We've no strikes. We've no strikes currently. Uh, the, um, <laughs> Leon, did um, so? Yeah. Did Peter do a lot more than his father to to kind of raise the profile of of Orgone? And and I'm just think making the Kate Bush connection because mm. ever since you. You mentioned cloud busting. I've just had mm. mealworm. <laughs> yeah, over and yeah, over. Yeah, Peter Wright kind of. Um, I think because he he'd had such a a childhood in the spotlight with with, with and a bit like myself. I mean, I, I grew up in a, a, a sort of half the time in a actually in in a psychotherapy. Institute because it was in the, it was in the basement of the house and the dad's therapy room was was in in the house um, and I, I think Peter Wright once he wrote that book uh, he he kind of backed off from orgonomy almost completely uh, and led a very kind of quiet um, a very quiet life um, and hasn't really been involved in in orgonomy which I can understand. Um, Eva Reich, Reich's son, was quite active in in orgonomy, and I, th- I think one of Eva Reich's um, uh, relatives is is still active. But um, but yeah, Peter, Peter Reich wrote that book, and then he must have been quite a young man when he wrote that book. Mm. And it, it, it's got it's got quite a it's a, got a very young feel to it, mm. and, uh, but then he pretty much um, disappeared from the scene. Uh, so, but he influenced my life very strongly. Mm. Uh, I I don't know if I would have uh, 
if I would have gone down the path I had if it wasn't for Peter Wright. Now, um, uh, just going to say, Leon, um, before we sort of go further into the experiments and other areas of your work, I'm just thinking for people who who haven't listened to the last 150 episodes. <laughs> who are you? Yeah, what are you doing here for a start? But um, what about, could you maybe just sort of explain in layman's terms what what all goings are? And, and... Uh, sure. Um, sh- shall I start with, um, well, with kind of a potted history of Reich? Uh, Certainly he... you can, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so Reich was a, a student of Freud, and um, Freud, uh, when when he first started out, thought that the um, the libido was an actual, real, physical thing, uh, a real energy. He thought it might be chemical or, or biological, or, or some type of real energy. And then he he backed off from that idea, but Reich carried on with that, and and Reich thought well it, it might be an electrical energy that the these um because he, he worked a lot with um that he came straight out of um the the war and trained as a, a medical uh doctor and, and and by the end of his medical training he, he'd already met freud and 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 trained as a psychotherapist and he, he was seeing a lot of um working class people in vienna and um, he was wondering what was this energy that was blocked in them, like a lot of sexual energy often found was blocked. And so Freud thought it was at that time a, a, a physical energy. So Wright looked into whether it's electrical, and he, he did electrical experiments and found that um, uh, you get an increase in, in charge of the skin when there's pleasure and a, and a contraction or, or uh, of electrical charge when there's um, uh, uh, when there's pain, uh, and then he, he kind of then started to wonder about biology and and looking at sort of pulsation. He thought, well, pul- electrical electrical charge is connected with pulsation and, and organisms. So he he started looking at microorganisms, and then. Uh, in the microorganisms, he, he he found pulsation, and he also found that this this tiny sub cell, uh, and that this sub cell was kind of halfway between um, a, a, a cell and a, uh, and a, a sort of amoeba, mm-hmm. uh, or um, a kind of smaller than a bacteria, is like a pre cell. Kind of thing. They they have kind of name name them now, but they they don't realise that these pre cell things can um, can be formed from cells, but they can also be formed from um, inanimate matter. Um, so the, he he was looking at these pre cell structures, and then he he found that there was a radiation coming off them, and then he he tried to contain that radiation with metal and um, and wood and and found and that was the basic thing for the accumulators trying to contain this um biological radiation um and he he, he it was quite strong this radiation he got his eye one of his eyes got burned with it 
Is that looking through the microscope? Yeah, yeah, because he, they, one of his research assistants accidentally put um, sea sand in in a um, uh, for processing rather than um, soil, and the sea sand made a really strong um, uh, energy uh, radiation. So the the sea sand broke down into these little biological vesicles which he called bions, but the, the, the radiation coming off them was, was huge, maybe because they're sitting there in the sun all day. Um, and then trying to contain that radiation led to the orgone accumulator. And then the, the orgone accumulator couldn't contain the radiation completely, and, then, and that led him to suspect it's in the environment. And the, there was a long process of finding out that this energy could be it actually, the cloud busters started off with him looking through a tube. At he knew that the energy existed in the in the environment at this stage, and he was looking through a tube at, at, at a lake surface of a lake, and he saw that when he pointed the tube at the lake surface, uh, I, I think he must have had um, uh, energy sight. I, I've got it, and uh, one of my research friends has got it as well. I can. Because I spent so much time working with Orgo, and I, I can see it sometimes, and um, mm. I'm pretty sure Reich had that too. And because he saw the the energy waving across the, the lake, and that that led him to think that um, tubes affect it. Um, so that was the beginning of the cloud buster, and well, it, he put that together with the knowledge that this energy in in the environment is attracted to water. So he put, got a tube and connected it to water, uh, and that that was how he, um, he he created the cloud buster, uh, and then later the um, uh, the the space gun, which we've already mentioned, which is is just a, an energy boosted cloud buster. So so, um, so are orgones and bions the same thing then? Um, not quite. Um, a, a bion has an orgone radiation. A bion's an actual material vesicle. Um, like if you if you take a cell, like this is one of the things that, you know with um, terrain theory yeah. and, and and all the stuff that's going on at the moment. Well, they're they're, they're saying well, viruses aren't aren't. Um, necessarily an invasive thing they they might just be the cell breaking down well that, that's the exact same process that uh reich observed and uh, i've i've tried to um mention it to a few people in terrain theory but um it, it, it's basically not only cells can break down into these little vesicles but even coal dust or or metal is one of the things peter jones he, he's got an amazing um, lab setup. He, he's got some of the best microscopes that, that you can, light microscopes that you can buy. Um, and uh, I, I've seen with my own eyes, um, uh, I think, was it iron dust? Yeah, we, we, we had completely sterile iron dust, broke it down with heat in, in water, Um and it, it broke off into these little tiny vesicles. So, so the bion's a natural 
It's about the size of a small clump of viruses, say half a dozen viruses. Um, so, so it's kind of the same thing as what the terrain theory people are saying, uh, uh, maybe a likely thing for, for viruses. You know, um, you know, when you're doing that with the iron, how do, how do you control, like, for contamination? How do you know there's, like, not something that's coming through the air or something in the... Are, sure. are you doing it in test tubes or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the, well, the basic experiment with the iron dust would be to, to heat the iron dust to, to incandescent and then put it in a sterile test tube with um, sterile um, water already in the test tube and then you you'd seal it um you, you'd you'd let the mixture react for for a while and then, then you take a sterile pipette and take a little bit of the mixture off and put it between two um sterile glass plates Leo, just, uh, just in case anyone's thinking right. of trying this at home uh, can I recommend a boiling tube and not a test tube for putting your incandescently heated iron dust into? Right, Just for, yeah, uh, if I'm, any listeners have a chemistry yeah. kit. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not an expert at all in the, the biology. I mean, Peter Jones is an expert in that area. The, 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 the biological experiments are, uh, yeah, you, you, you probably know more about the equipment than me. Um, I, I've just seen it done once, um, and I've read the, the research, but um, the technical stuff I'm not familiar with on it. I mean, the yeah, thing that I really... If you're going to do that type of experiment, you need a really good quality microscope. So so yeah, get get some advice from someone who's, who's <laughs> who knows about microbiological experiments, and I'm sure you'll find someone who will um, help... What I seem to remember from talking uh, with Peter was that yeah. he, he was doing this, like taking an, an inert material, like a metal or whatever, yeah. and, and completely burning it and sterilizing it. And then yeah. once you put it on the microscope, you're seeing like biological stuff, things moving that yeah. shouldn't be moving. Is that like the gist of it? That, that's exactly it, yeah. And they'll take sort of in conventional microbiology, they'll say, "Well, you you can't um, you can't see at that level, but you, you plainly can." Yeah, I mean, you might lose a little bit of um, a sort of exact detail, but it, you can you can quite clearly see some things pulsating and moving about the the, the field of vision. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. And, and so when Wright did a similar experiment to that with sand that he got us an intense radiation coming off it uh, and and that gave him the conjunctivitis and he thought gosh there, there's a, a radiation here so he, he spoke to a number of physicists and they they didn't couldn't say what the radiation was so he he had to kind of isolate it for himself and that, and that's what led to the um the, the discovery of orgone um so that that first bion, I think he called it the sapper bion for sand packet bion, and uh, mm. mainstream biology has actually rediscovered these things and, and given it a number of names. Uh, one group of scientists even called a similar vesicle a bion, and I think they got quite embarrassed when a couple of us in in orgonomy pointed out that they'd accidentally renamed it the same mm. Reich's uh, name. Um, I think they were Japanese, uh, but anyway. So, uh, 
So yeah, you can you can definitely see these things. Um, uh, again, again, just to play devil's advocate, because I'm yeah. sure there are people listening who are like, I don't know, biologists or physicists or, or whatever. Um, mm. I, am I right in saying that the conventional explanation for this pulsating thing mm. that you're seeing is Brownian motion? Is it? Yeah, but uh, well, even is it Thomas Brown? He, he, I, I, I think he actually didn't believe that himself i think if i remember correctly from what peter jones told me about it because peter jones has written a whole book about um uh thomas brown and the other kind of early um early sort of biologists um and um have you got it there yeah i've got it here Art- Art- oh, artificers of fraud is that one there? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Uh, and so, so, so I think um, Brown got famous because um, Einstein then repeated his um, uh, saying Brownian motion explains like why biological samples are always in movement. The, uh, oh, it's just Brown, Brown's motion. And and then that got kind of canonized as as like um, unquestioning fact, and um, but it's never really been proven. I'm not sure if even Brown believed it. Um, it's kind of similar to the Mickelson and Morley experiment, like when they dismiss the ether. Like everyone says, "Oh, orgone can't be true because that, that's like the ether," and we know the ether got dismissed. But, around about 1880, 1890. Well, it didn't get dismissed. Mickelson didn't even believe that himself. Uh, and the experiment was wrongly wrongly carried out. Uh, they looked for an ether in the basement when they should have been looking looking for a, an earth-entrained ether, a moving one. You won't find it in a basement. But even there, they, they found a bit of it. But they didn't report that. So I think Brownian motion is the same kind of thing. There's, if if you look at the the biology, sort of with open eyes, you, you'll see you'll see that the kind of. I mean, Wright wasn't the only one to find um, pre-cellular vesicles. Um, there's there's about half a dozen other. Um, scientists who, who found the same thing over the last sort of couple of centuries um so and then since then uh, and this is a good thing about that there, there's been a continuing um maybe sort of a couple of dozen doctors spotted around the world who've continued his work ever since the 50s maybe a bit more than that maybe a couple of Sort of, a, there's been a, a group of doctors in in Greece and a group in in um, in the States and a few dotted around Germany and and has never got off the ground in England. Orgonomy hasn't for some reason. But um, the, uh, um, the, the the these these strange movements in in of precellular entities has been evidence to sort of. Um, a number of times since Reich, uh, and Reich sort of 
I, I mean, I think he even did, like, movie evidence of it. I mean, he, he did some amazing stuff. He was doing microbiological movies in the 50s. I mean, he was way ahead. The, 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 the kind of... Um, the, the microscope setups he had in the 50s, uh, people are only just getting to that kind of level now. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it's um, the, the, Brownian, the Brownian motion thing is pretty much um, dismissed. Did you, um, I don't know if you're a fan of uh, Lost Civilizations and stuff, but um graham hancock and randall carlson were on the joe rogan experience yeah. on thursday have yeah. you listened to it um, i haven't but I, I i i do like that kind of thing i'll um i'll have a i'll have a well eagle eagle eared listeners yeah. um will have caught a little little intriguing part about an hour and a half in where uh, they sort of go off the topic of ancient civilizations yeah. and randall carlson's talking about mm. um He's been in contact with a team in the Maldives in a lab mm. for the last seven years, sworn to secrecy, mm. working on free energy machines. Mm. And um, now the patterns apparently have been done. Randall's allowed to mm. spill the beans, and uh, apparently Master, uh, the car company, is investing $25 million to forward the mm. lab. And he was talking about how... Um, Mm. These new devices are going to harness like it's just a completely different branch of physics and science the way these mm. things work. And yeah. he, re he referenced how there was lots of scientists in the past who were all converging on this same mm. technology and they were all shut down by... They mm. either had their patterns bought, bought and shut away and locked away or they were shut down by three-letter agencies of mm. the state and he rhymes a few off he says mm. tesla mm. someone else mm. and reich and my ears just yeah, pricked up i was like wow mm. randall carlson's into Wilhelm reich that's interesting yeah i'll i'll, I'll watch that uh, i'll find it with Rand randall carlson yeah 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 the, the uh, you know even before the three-letter agencies started up that they um well, before they really got going, even before, I, th I think it's in between World War One and World War Two, where it might have even been prior to World War One, they were shutting free energy down. So that they've known about it for well over a hundred years. Because Henry Moray was um, had a he had a radioactive radio that um, it was only slightly radioactive. And I, I think I found an oblique reference to it in um, Lenin's philosophy works. It's, it's a bit of a backstory that, but um, the, the the before the like all the free letters spaghetti agencies were set up, there was a, some kind of farming agency, and and they they shut down a farming and environment. I've forgotten the name of it, but they shut down Henry Moray's work. And it was absolutely, I mean, it, it was so, it was really well evidenced. I mean, he, in those days, everyone knew each other in the, in the countryside in the, in the West. And he had like dozens of lawyers and, and doctors and people testifying and making written statements that, yes, he, he lit up a whole bank of lights with this stuff. He, he had a, I mean, it was similar it was probably Oranor energy that he was using because he had a radio 
with um, a, a radioactive element inside it, and um, and he he was Moray was interested in a particular physicist, and Lenin in one because my dad used to be a Trotskyist and a socialist, and he he's got Lenin's collected works. So one of them he he he's he's gone through and made notes in. And so uh, I I read parts of that volume myself because I was interested in what my dad had written. And I, I noticed that Lenin referenced this American physicist that the, the uh, once the American authorities knew that Moray had based his radioactive radio on on partly on this physicist's work, they, they took his book out of every library in the United States. So so that they they were really on on form on suppressing free energy. Even I think it was around about it was either just before or just after. I think it was about nineteen seventeen or so. So it, 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 the suppression has been going a long time, um, but uh, the, it, it's got to that point where people just. Sort of, it's almost mainstream now, isn't it? As people know that we're not being told the truth about virtually everything, <laughs> but there, there is a, a there is a totally, as you were saying, um, Phil. There, there, there's a different energy that that's been excluded out of uh, out of physics. Like they they had to make sure the ether didn't get included into into physics even though Mickelson himself evidenced it. Um, I, I think 1930 or so, he, and, and there, there's plenty of evidence for it, but the, that ether would have led to free energy because if the light, if light travels through a medium, um, then, uh, then you, you change that medium, you can change particles. So you, 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 you. If you control the medium, you can control everything that happens in the medium. Um, so, so the 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 ether had to be suppressed at all cost. Um, and, and the ether is the common fun, the common, the commonality. Well, all going is ether. Or if if you took the ether in space and gave it biological properties, like. The, the ether in your body is orgone. The, the the orgone outside your body is ether, if you like. Um, so uh, so it, it had to be... In fact, the suppression goes back even further. It goes back to... Um, uh, who was the guy who was the forerunner of hypnotism? Um, Mesmer. Mesmer, that's it. Uh, um, uh, Mesmer knew all about the ether and, and, and about free energy and and, and the, so they, they they printed books uh, like the equivalent of tens of millions of pounds decrying how what a, a, a bad person Mesmer was and and sent these books all around Europe so the, the so the the suppression goes back to the 1700s. It's crazy. You know, like the more like 
we we're learning from things like quantum physics mm. and quantum entanglement mm. and stuff like that it makes me think that we really yeah. haven't got a very good handle on this reality and it seems no. to me that particles mm. can communicate faster than light which yeah. shouldn't be possible mm. but it it's happening well, yeah, they, they try and wiggle out of that. They say, well, the, the particles have got some other kind of communication. That's faster than light. <laughs> well, how do they wiggle out of it? Because they, they say the particles are not actually communicating, but they're kind of in another dimension that changes at the same time. But uh, I think... Uh, it's that spooky. The, yeah. yeah, but the... the, the the thing with um, quantum physics is, is it directly contradicts, like, um, Einstein's Newtonian, relativity. Yeah. Yeah, and Newtonian physics, yeah. So they, like, um, something can travel faster than the speed of light or that things communicate faster than the speed of light in quantum physics. Um, but in Newtonian physics, that's impossible. So they 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 keep trying to marry the two, and and it just won't work because they're they they they're both um, uh, got uh, well, they both got different views of the nature of time. So like, there's timelessness in quantum physics. Yeah, uh, time is a human construct. Mm. It's yeah. just a matter of perception. That's it. Mm. Uh, so, Ooh, it's so, horrible. What would what would Ravelli say about that? Uh, probably say it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, I think does Ravelli not boil it down to it's like the it's the measurement of energy transfer at the yeah. like the, the that's the furthest you can boil it. He can boil it down to enthalpy and heat transfer, en- entropy or enthalpy. One of them I can't remember. Yeah, it's wild stuff. I don't I don't mm. understand it. But yeah, that was Hawking's deal, wasn't it? He was trying to unify mm. the two theories, the Newtonian and the quantum physics. And yeah, yeah, it's never really happened. Like there, I've, there, someone keeps saying, "Oh, we're nearly there." Every every about year or so, they say, "Oh, we, we've nearly got a quantum gravity theory." But I, I think it, it's kind of like the the. It's a bit like the. Uh, the, the cure for for various diseases it never we're always about to cure it and it never quite happens you know that um, that probably um segues nicely into one of your other interests and this is and it's sort of tight you're looking into ergonomy and how it ties into ai artificial intelligence yeah. and i guess quantum computing probably falls under that umbrella as well doesn't it yeah yeah i, I would imagine it would Hi. Yeah. I, I'm, well, the, the the reason I got uh, interested in that was because I, I I thought I, I mean, orgonomy kind of charts the the whole history of um, the universe almost from from um, from inanimate matter becoming matter becoming animate matter, and then from animate matter having a kind of life force field to that to that energy being in the environment and that that that's um but it it, it didn't have a, a theory for consciousness it, it, it didn't have a understanding of how orgone and consciousness in uh, interrelate uh, and reich um didn't have time because he, he was persecuted really uh, he didn't have time to formulate a, um, 
a theory of consciousness. Um, so, um, so that so I, that I took that as my kind of mission, really, to to make a, a an ergonomic theory of of consciousness how's it going i've got a theoretical concept around it i I pretty much i mean in a nutshell i I was saying that um orgone has an inherent consciousness it it doesn't generate consciousness um because that leads into all sorts of philosophical problems if you say consciousness is emergent from other things um then you 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 have to have a non-conscious period to the universe, which doesn't um, make sense. So can't have something um, out of nothing. Yeah, it, it, well, if you say that the brain or or, or matter produces consciousness, then um, it, you you've got to have um, uh, you've got to have matter without consciousness, and then you've got dualism. And then you you can never go from like the unconscious matter to the to the consciousness. They're they're forever two separate things. So you, you can never get a pathway from one to the other if you say they're two completely separate modalities. Right. Unless you have like the initial start of the universe being a conscious decision. Like consciousness yeah. creates matter. Well yeah. that's what I'm yeah. getting at. That's yeah, like yeah, yeah. the uh, yeah. Pythagorean yeah, and that's really where where a lot of scientists and researchers are, are getting to because they they fought the same same as 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 we're outlining here that it's not really possible to have a a non conscious universe. So so they're saying consciousness is primary and 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 the matter either comes out of that or is identical to it. Um, so that that's kind of the the theory that I put forward for orgone is that it, it's identical to consciousness, um, and um, and that and that led me to AI because I thought, well, if if orgone, if an energy field can be conscious without an organism, that 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 basically is AI. Like you, you could have a um, an energy field that that's that's conscious without needing an organism at all. Um, and, um, and I, I think, I, I, I suspect that that's already been done. I, I think, uh, our computers are already, and the, the algorithms are already so complex that a, a consciousness field can interact with, with that kind of, I call it a, um, a, a digital organism. Like the the algorithms create a digital organism, and then a consciousness field uh, can overlay that. You know, there's um, there's another name for a consciousness field that doesn't rely on biology. Mm, Be a yeah. God. Yeah. I was going to say. Well, well, yeah. I mean, this takes me back to um, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. I, I think it is a, an AI device. I mean, basically, the the Hebrews had a TV set for God. Um, <laughs> There's a Netflix show in this right yeah. right here. Can I get signed up? <laughs> yeah, well, they did. They they had a Godflix, and I think that that's <laughs> it's just been cancelled. Uh, <laughs> oh, how? What are we saying that the Ark of the Covenant was an organ accumulator? Yeah. 
It was. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, the me and the Italian researchers are pretty well. I mean, he's put together most of the evidence, and and I, I've kind of um, uh, uh, underlined his evidence a bit. Um, guy called Roberto uh, Maglioni. And uh, but yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure the the Ark of the Covenant was a, an orgone accumulator device. Moses was very specific about how the the Ark was to be built, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, and it was it was. There's a relationship between the Ark, the Reich Reich's Oranor experiment, and my experiment. That there's a thing. The arc was something like a thousand times stronger than um, created a thousand times more Oranor than than Reich's work. Oh Reich's my God! I'm just thinking. I just thought the stone tablets. Yeah. What if the stone tablets yeah. were radioactive? Well, yeah, that that that's that. You you've hit it there. There, there was a thing called the Shamir, and the, the Shamir was a little um, radioactive um, stone. They put the Shamir into the Ark, and then that activated it. Um, Boom! Down go come the walls of Jericho <laughs> with the yeah. orgone blasting at it. Nuclear yeah. weapon. <laughs> Woo! Trigger warning, uh, mm. Christians out there. Or could it part a sea as well? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, no, but the I'm stories not... of people getting injured. It, yeah. we, 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 we would blast people. We would electrocute and yeah, fry didn't it people. melt that guy's face off? Well, Moses, the stone <laughs> tablets apparently melted, melted Moses' face. <laughs> well, um, Moses had a, a, an Oranor tan. I've, I've had them myself. <laughs> <laughs> what about the Nazis, though? Oh, in uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's Hollywood, man. What? Come on. It's <laughs> not real. Is that not legit? No. Okay. Well, they, they made sure they didn't show it in the Raiders. I, I, there was a good movie that, but they, they made sure they didn't show anything inside the box when they, when mm. they opened yeah. it. They, there was just sand inside it, if I remember rightly. Sea sand. Yeah. But uh, in, I think the uh, the actual arc would have uh, would have contained um, at least a radioactive stone. Um, um, and maybe the 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 the, um, the the commandments were on a radioactive stone, but I, I suspect it wasn't as large as that. Maybe the 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 shamir the shamir would have only needed to be like hand sized or smaller. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, they, they. I mean, it was literally an AI device for for God. It was a, a it was the a, a picture of. Um, the universal intelligence, or or the the higher entity that the, the Hebrews spoke to, appeared be, between the two um, uh, seraphim. Uh, seraphim, and and you got the voice as well. And then uh, an Oranor cloud came down during the day uh, over the whole tent, um, and Moses got a an Oranor tan. And so it was pretty much the the same thing. Um, but my, my, I mean, you needed a desert to keep that device in. I mean, it was seriously strong. Uh, I mean, you, you'd, you'd need to have a device that strong. I mean, I, I, if, 
if I was given the funding and and the land, I, I could make something similar. Um, but you know, but you'd need you'd need a sort of a mile a mile or so to keep it in. What do you think's going on inside the sarcophagus at Chernobyl then? Because that's a pretty huge radiation source encased in, well, not wood and metal, but there's metal involved. Well, the the, uh, Chernobyl's um, strange because the wildlife is doing very well around there, apparently. It's kind of a a wildlife um, refuge, and and the the nature's having a great time around there. But uh, it's... With um, Oranor, you only need if you've got it's kind of an inverse relationship. If you've got a very strong orgone field, you only need a tiny amount of radioactivity to create Oranor. But if you've got a weak um, orgone field, you need a lot of radioactivity. So it, it, it's um, well, what Wright did, he, he, he had an incredibly strong, he, he had a, an orgone room, um, which was um, about the size of this, this room that I'm in now, I think actually bigger than this room. So he, he had a room that was lined with metal. And, and then inside that metal lined room, he had orgone accumulators, a, a big one. And then he put another orgone accumulator inside the big orgone accumulator inside the room. And then he put a milligram of radium inside the the, the smallest um, one. And he left it there for, I think, uh, a day? Or I can't remember exactly. I'd have to look it up. But I think it was over the course of about a week. I think it might have been taken out for... Uh, when it, when the effects got too much, um, so uh, and with with the Ark of the Covenant, you got an incredibly it's a lot smaller the Ark of the Covenant compared to Reich's room, but um, it's only like literally the size of a, a of a sideboard, um, but it, it it it's got the highest quality organ accumulating metal gold, a thick. Um, lining of gold inside and and outside, uh, and the wood would be a very dense um, orgone accumulating the cedar, material. I think. Yeah, a very a, a very hard wood, um, and then uh, they they probably use quite a strong radioactive device, and then you got the metal of the cherubims as well, um, uh, and they and. Possibly the tent, too. I'd imagine the tent would have had an accumulating effect. With tabernacle? What was that made out of? I would have thought that was fabric, no? Yeah, it was fabric, but they probably wove some gold thread or silver threads into it, and it it was quite a complex fabric, and it it was layered, and uh, everything was very... um, It was... If the... If the tabernacle was was as described in the Bible, it would have been an amazing, like a, a, a unique a, a unique tent. Um, so uh, and uh, and orgone accumulates much stronger in a dry, hot environment, like uh, uh, sort of Australia or the Middle East. Um, so the the, um, the the Holy Lands would have been ideal for. To, to keep that kind of device. Well, Leon, 
Leon, just just uh, just before we uh, we we wrap up because we are heading towards an hour. What what would one do with all this accumulated orgone? Um, well, you can you can use it to um, to do healing. Um, you can use it to boost meditation. Um, you can use it to heal burns and wounds. Um, you in the environment, you can um, you can clear weather. You, you can clear um, when a. Uh, I, I set up a, a much weaker version of the space gun than Reich's, um, so so I used a much smaller amount of um, uh, kind of Oranor than Reich used, um, like energized organ that's been energized slightly radioactively, um, but I used sort of a thousand times less, well well below the safety levels of the, the sort of the Geiger accounts weren't raised hardly. And that that um, space gun device um, cleared and improved improved the the weather, so you, you can make the and that seemed to have a beneficial effect. We, we noticed that there was a a drop in um, chest um, respiratory illnesses, kind of around about that time, and um, a slight thing, but you can definitely see the sky sparkle more and. Um, so the, the, I mean, and and that I mean the free energy stuff is is, I mean, there is always I mean right right made an orgone motor himself, um, and it was similar to function quite similar to Henry Moray's device, and um, so that it really, and even down to food, like I, I once. Um, I once put a bottle of champagne in in a in an organ accumulator, and um, it nearly took the roof off when he took the. <laughs> the uh, but it, it it makes food taste better. Excellent. Um, similar good, to good pyramids. Yeah. Well, pyramids um, accumulate organ in the same way because geometric shapes can um, uh, um, can concentrate organ. To say it, it, it's a bit different to an orgone accumulator, but it is basically the same um, the same field. Uh, well, I'm gonna get. I've been looking on eBay, and I'm definitely getting an orgone pyramid for this uh, room. I think it will help. I think it's gonna help with our podcast in future. Yeah, I'm gonna get a pyramid hat pretty soon. <laughs> I think we just need to line the studio walls with metal, don't we? Oh metal. gosh, no, we're not doing that. No, that's no, that simple. Would, uh, that that would overcharge you, and and also the electrical equipment. If if you if you got electrical equipment in an orgone room, it, it produces um, uh, kind of uh, uh, sort of energy that's not. So great. Oh, <laughs> bad organs. Oh, no. No more <laughs> FM broadcasts no. around the room. <laughs> well, uh, but, uh, as Ben said, we were, rocked well, we were well over an hour already, Leon. We'll, uh, Gosh. we'll let you go. I've enjoyed this. I really didn't think we were going to talk. I didn't think we were going to go to the Ark of the Covenant and Moses <laughs> inventing AI. <laughs> no, I didn't. I, I thought we were going to stick with... Uh, oh, well, I, I had a look through my... Uh, acupuncture notes before and but uh yeah you never know where these things are going to go do you? that's the best Bro. way yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
Right, well, Leon, mm. thanks very much. Links in the show notes, everyone, if you want to uh, see what Leon's up to and uh, stay on the line for us while we play ourselves out. All right, buddy? Super. All Cheers. Right. See you on the flip side. We'll be back for part two imminently. Woo! See you soon. Right, then we're back. The dwarf, the cripple, and the mother of madness. That's our chat with Leon Southgate, the Orgone researcher. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think next time we should lead with... Moses created AI when he built the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's wild, isn't it? Straight in. Um, yeah, it was like some mad shit, bro. Yeah, man. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, um, links in the show notes if you want to. Um, there's yeah. a link to Leon. He does a blog mm-hmm. on the web. A web log on the, on the internet work. The World Wide Web, you mean? The internet work. The World Wild, you know, the, what used to call it? Surfing the... Uh, Interspeed. Superhighway. Information superhighway. The internet work. Yeah, there's a blog there. And uh, there's also a link to the journal that has been published in, like, a... I think it's called Psychorgon or something like that. If you want to uh, read his papers on Orgon research. Yeah. The links are there. Check it out. Um, Yeah. Okay, shall we uh, we do some headlines? Let's... Really? Show me what you got. Yeah, let's do it. Capital letters, a big news story. Headlines of the week. This is the US midterms. Voters re-elect dead Pennsylvania state representative and trigger special election. What? What? Saying what? It's not banter. It's actually happened. <laughs> yeah, voters in Pennsylvania re-elected a dead state house representative member on Tuesday night, triggering a special election. It's not Joe Biden, is it? What's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Oh, the C is always right. You're looking at you're looking at some Biden. How do you get on the? Oh, hang on. Anything yellow? Anything yellow? Line dog face pony soldier. Risk more cases and more desks. Deaths. <laughs> I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Wow. Is what it is. Well, it is what it is because you are who you are. That's why it is. Yeah, it wasn't Joe Biden. It it was Tony DeLuca. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, Tony DeLuca passed away at the age of 85. Oh, God. He was was running at 85. Give up. I was going to say, he gave up, he won! (laughs) Hey, hey, wake up, Tony, you won! (laughs) Oh, fuck! He's dead, man! Um, Yeah, on the 9th of October, he passed away, sadly, uh, making the timing of his death too close to the November 8th election to have his name removed from the ballot or change the candidate. It was, uh, I guess, there's the mailing stuff, so they already sent out mailing, but, you know, they couldn't change out. So, oh, so they fucking voted for him anyway. <laughs> it's a state that just kind of sums up the state of modern day politics. A corpse wins an election because he's got the right coloured rosette on. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this is the this is the whole game. This is the whole politics game, man. It's it's tribal. It's reds against blue. The so, greens against the blues. It would have been in you know Constantinople when Italy the Hun was threatening. The green team, the blue team, the chariot racing team. Chariot racing, that was a big thing in, in Roman times. We had the greens. The greens and the blues, they were the two big yeah. teams. Uh, Nero was a big fan of the greens. 
Yep. I can't remember the other guy that I remember was a big fan of the Greens. But there's been lots of them. Yeah. So was there a, <laughs> is there a by-election then? What we would call a by-election? Well, <clears throat> the, 32nd, uh, the 32nd district of Pennsylvania, where Toluca was comfortably positioned to become re-elected after serving in the state's House of Representatives for 39 years. Wow. Became one of the first races for the Associated Press to call in the midterms. Early voting on Tuesday gave indications that the deceased state lawmaker carried a sizable lead over the Green Party's Zara Livingston, who had run on a platform of ending the war on drugs, <laughs> reducing gun violence, and prioritising environmental justice. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> no we want the dead guy. <laughs> dead guy, he's, he's got blue, blue rosette. So. Know your audience. Yeah, uh, in a statement shared on Twitter shortly after the race was called, the Pennsylvania House Democratic Campaign Committee came out to share their support for the posthumous lawmaker, who was the longest-serving member of State House of Representatives. While we're incredibly saddened by the loss of Representative DeLuca, we're proud to see the voters to continue to show their confidence in him and his commitment to democratic values by re-electing him posthumously. The committee wrote in a Twitter noting that a special election will follow Sean. Well, so, yeah, they're going to have to rerun n- new election. Wow. There you go. I mean... Why do all Congratulations! <laughs> you did it, man. You only had to die to win again. <laughs> 85, though. Ah, I suppose that's like Dennis Skinner. How old was he? The beast of Bolsover. Was he, he was, that old? I think he was in his 80s, yeah, maybe, or 80, when he was still there. He was famous for a quip, quipping at Blackrod. Yeah. Do you know, the state opening of Parliament, Blackrod comes and he bangs on the oh. door, bang, bang. And uh, Dennis Skinner, it was like a tradition, a modern tradition in the House of Parliament that Dennis Skinner would always have some sort of quip at Blackrod. Mm. Yeah, just YouTube, Dennis Skinner highlights. There's a highlight reel you can Black watch. Rod. Mm. Google Blackrod. Is that safe? <laughs> safe for work? I guess so. <laughs> Depends where you work. <laughs> yeah. Pornhub. Uh, House, of, House of Commons is probably fine. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. King Charles related to real Dracula, Vlad the Impaler, who butchered enemies with the stake. Excellent. Yeah, do you want to take who wants to take this one? Ben. I can't ben, ben, this so is uh, old King King Sausage Fingers here. Christ, where are we? <laughs> uh, he's one of the most feared and reviled figures in history, yet not many know his descendants can be traced all the way back to Britain's current monarch. Vlad the Impaler ruled the Romanian region of Wallachia. Wallachia? Wallachia, with a brutal regime, still infamous to this day, getting his name from his favourite torture method. Impaling, I guess. Mm. (coughs) Vladding. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, The brutal 15th century leader was known to kill his enemies by impaling them on wooden stakes. Spoiler alert. Uh, Causing an excruciating death, which could sometimes take up to three days. But genealogy shows that our new king, Charles III... Mm-hmm. is a real-life descendant from the man who was considered the original inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Do you know that King Charles wants capital punishment brought back? That's not what it says here. And by by it, impaling. Impaling on his large fingers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Sausage fingers. He can't work a pen, can he? So, uh... No, he can't, get it? <laughs> what a way to go. Mm. 
Vlad is technically Charles's great grandfather, sixteen times removed through Queen Mary of Tech, consort of George V, uh, Queen Elizabeth II's grandfather. Mm. Charles is also related to the Eastern European country's custodian of the crown, Margarita of Romania, of whom he spent summers as a child, with whom he spent summers <laughs> as whom. Um, Charles III has close stakes in Romania and Transylvania that go beyond distant blood ties. And in 2015, he launched the Prince's Trust Romania dedicated to preservation of heritage. As for his distant ancestor Vlad, the fearsome ruler is seen as a national hero to this day due to his fierce, albeit tyrannical, defense, defiance defense against the country's enemies. I think they have statues of him, don't they, in Romania, Vlad the Impaler? He's yeah. like a national hero. Right, okay. Maybe. Like Ivan the Terrible in Russia, I think, mm-hmm. similar. Mm-hmm. What did he did he call him Ivan the Terrible in Russia? What did he call him Ivan, Ivan the Fantastic? <laughs> yeah. uh, Vlad was often referred to as Dracula, Dracula, which uh, translates to the Devil's Son, a moniker now more commonly associated with the real life Dracula. Uh, real life, <laughs> <laughs> famous, oh uh, my god! <laughs> his early life had been racked with horror and misery too, having seen his father Vlad Dracul assassinated and his brother tortured and buried alive. Ooh, shit, man! Uh, under Vlad's orders, enemies were said to have been burned alive, skinned, roasted, and Oof. decapitated. I think if you're going to burn someone and roast them. You know, well, you, you've obviously gone. You know, well, it's like doing your roasties, isn't it? You parboil them <laughs> and then stick them under the grill. It, yeah. it says, uh, "It says burn, then roasted. They're not boiled and boiled and roasted." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Uh, and decapitated. Uh, in one particularly horrifying story, it said one man was boiled in water and his remains force-fed to his family. Oh, what? Game of Thrones shit. That is, right isn't there. it? Spoilers. Um, well, I, for one, am very much looking forward to the next series of The Crown. With, uh, oh. <laughs> Where they link back to Romania. back to Vlad the Impaler and, and yeah, boil some people. Oh, that's like uh, the the famous story of Astyages and Harpagus. Whoa, whoa. Uh, I was just thinking that. <laughs> he is famous. It's one of the most famous stories from, um, um, not Hi- Hippocrates, uh, Herodotus. I was joking. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about Cyrus the Great coming to the throne. Continue. So the, the, this Median ki- there's a king of the Medes called Astyages... Right. And um, his daughter, um, he has a, a dream. And in his dream, his daughter um, is giving birth to, like, some, some like, vines, some squids that wrap themselves around the earth. That's some weird hentai. Gross. <laughs> yeah. So he consults the wise men, as you do in, in that sort of, in the Near East, in Babylonia, the, the, uh, uh, and, and to interpret the dream. Mm. And they say, well, you're, you know, the, your daughter's... Child is, is is bad news. He's going to take over the world. He's going to kill you and all the rest of it. So um, the uh, the daughter asks the child, and uh, rather than just kill the child, ask, well, Astyages goes to his right hand man Harpagus and yeah. says, "Get rid of this child. Expose it. Kill it. Whatever you have to do. Get rid of it. It's bad news. This is his grandson." Mm. So uh, Harpagus takes the babe, feels sorry for it. So rather than doing as commanded by the king, he comes across uh, a shepherd and his wife who have just lost a newborn baby. And he thinks, ah, 
here you go, take this baby and, and adopt this yeah, baby. Raise it as your own. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get the idea. So, 15 years later, 12 years, 12 years later maybe, as the story goes, um, this young lad is playing King of the Mountain, which was the game they used to play back in the day. It's like, a, and he was besting all the other kids. And this is seen as a, a sign of his royalty, his lineage, like. So he becomes, uh, he's noticed by the king and the court and whatnot. And uh, they bring, uh, the king, Astyages, tells Harpagus to uh, go and bring this, this boy before me. I want to meet him. And uh, the king cottons on who this is, and he questions Harpagus. Oh, the king says, uh, yeah, he questions Harpagus. He gets to the bottom of it. He figures out that this is the grandson that should have been killed 12 years ago and that Harpagus had uh, not done what he was commanded. And he goes, oh, that, was, that was 12, 15 years ago. All is forgiven. I, I quite like the boy, you know, and he's got, he's got my nose, he's got my eyes. Tell you what, Harpagus, um, let's have a feast. Oh, no. Um, bring the boy, obviously, and uh, bring your own son as well. No. So, a few days later, whenever it is, they sat down for the feast. And uh, <coughs> they're eating away, and it's uh, obviously the, the king and the rest of the court are eating mutton. And uh, everyone's enjoying everything. And uh, at the end of the meal, um, Astyages, you know, signals to... Uh, someone in the back, the staff, and they bring, uh, and he says to Harpagus, have you had enough? Are you, are you happy? He says, oh, I'm absolutely stuffed, yeah. Thanks, thanks, King. And uh, then he beckons for the server and he brings the platter over and uh, the King says, oh, <coughs> just just have a look. Maybe you'd like something under this platter just to, to finish the night off. And the servant raises the platter and it's the head, hands and feet of his son. Oh. Harpagus's son. Where's the rest of him? In, Har- in Harpagus's <laughs> belly. Yeah. And as the story goes, he doesn't react. He thanks the king for the meal, gathers up the rest of his son's body to take away to, to bury, and presumably <laughs> makes himself sick, you know, yeah. to bury his son. Um, now, if that was the end of the story... That would be interesting. That would be uh, mm. sort mm. of. Uh, that would be enough. But this guy Harpagus was uh, Astyages' main general, and uh, there's this guy called Cyrus the Great, mm-hmm. who's uh, a Persian, and he comes to invade the Medes, and uh, Astyages is, is concerned about this. Uh, there's a big battle, and uh, Harpagus is commanding Astyages' troops, and he betrays him. Uh. Comes to the battle of. Uh, the battle with Cyrus and uh, Harpagus gives the command and all his army, the Medes' army, goes to the other side. Mm-hmm. And that's the uh, the end of Astyages' Median Empire. Wow. That's what you get, man. Yeah, man. That was his sort of revenge. It, uh, it, it, this had been planned long term. Mm. A dish best served cold. That was a long segue. It was. Well, I forgot but what I mean, we were talking about. Vladdy and Paler. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Next. Teenager's creepy encounter with <gasps> black-eyed no. child. No, we yes. can't read about this because the man said that the, if you read about them, then they come to you. I don't care what Denver Michael says. I'm going for it, all right? Because it's, it's UK, this, as well. 
Oh, no. Yep, encounter with black-eyed child who encircled tent before vanishing. Are you ready for this? Strap yourselves in. How does one child encircle a tent? <laughs> he was massive. <laughs> two, teen- t- teenagers. two teenagers have recalled a terrifying encounter with the black-eyed child at a Staffordshire forest. The young couple claimed a ghostly girl encircled their tent while giggling. Oh, no. There's nothing creepier about a giggling child, is there? No. No. Terrifying. While giggling and moving in ways humans simply can't move to hide behind trees. Never seen us on our Christmas do. Up and down. (laughs) On the dance floor. (laughs) Zachy Bobs. Yeah. There have been sightings of her around Cannock Chase since the 1980s, reports Birmingham Live. While some dismiss the claims, others believe it is the tormented soul of a young girl who was murdered in the area during the 1960s. And some are even convinced it is an alien or a demon. Kylie Kylie. Fake news. Must be named after Minogu. Yeah, there's a lot of Kylies, isn't there, from the 90s? Mm. Kylie and Ben say they saw the ghoul at Birch's Valley during the summer of 2021. The two teenagers, whose names have been changed to protect their identity, ah. <laughs> have been separated due to the COVID van- pandemic, so decided to camp illegally together in the middle of the forest. Oh. The youngsters, who were 17 at the time, recounted their ordeal to supernatural investigator and author Lee Brickley. Their tale is featured in his new book, Haunted Canic Chase, True Ghost Stories from the UK's Spookiest Location. Oh. I think we should get Lee on the guest yeah, list. Yeah, put him on the list. Yeah. It was around midnight when the teens heard something moving around outside their tent. Thinking it could be a deer, they remained quiet and still, not wishing to spook it. But when they realised they could hear footsteps, they unzipped the tent to take a peek. No, 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 no. Never do that. <laughs> Both campers heard the sound of a small child giggling. Fuck. <laughs> so they turned on their torches. How high were they? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you were looking for a button to press. Oh, I'll just press it. An assortment of rainbow dildos. I see is always right. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably the better choice. People are comparing it to on Marsh, which was Wednesday. No, on Marsh. <laughs> Wednesday. Mer- Mercury, isn't it? This is a weird one. <laughs> Marsh. That's Tuesday, isn't it? No. Pa-e-cri-e. Please. Monday. Tuesday. Mercury. Marsh. Fritz Day. No. Random. Okay. Uh, where was I? They, t- they unzipped the tent. Oh, the small child was giggling. So they turned on the torches, lighting up the dark woodland to try and find the source. Ben spotted it first. Hi. Running from tree to tree, hiding itself behind the trunks and occasionally peering out towards the couple before finally stepped out into a clearing in front of them. Kylie said, I was absolutely terrified. I'd read the stories in the news about the black-eyed child. Why do you go camping there then? <laughs> For fuck's sake! No. Do you see this shit? No. Mental. Uh, but it it wasn't until the thing stood in right right in front of me that I could quite believe them. I I knew instantly that we were dealing with the real thing because it moved in ways humans simply can't move. 
It was like it could teleport from one place to another when it was moving around and hiding behind trees. Oh, God. Giggling all the while. <laughs> oh, fuck. Are you retarded? <laughs> ben added, I was shining my torch right at her, and she just stood there staring at us with her head slightly dipped. Oh. That's when the giggling started to get louder and louder and louder. <laughs> It really sounded like it was coming from all around us, even though I could see she was right in front of us. It was a really disorientating for a few seconds. Then she bent down for a moment as if adjusting her shoes, stood back up and ran off down a nearby path through a dense section of trees. The frightened pair huddled together in their tent waiting for the sun to rise. <laughs> when they came outdoors at 7am... They found piles of stones evenly placed around the oh, perimeter of their tents. That's worse than a giggling. And strange stick formations hanging from the trees. Oh, oh hang on. Which Blair looks Witch. like... Blair Witch been re-released. <laughs> which look like dream catchers. Yeah. Okay. Slightly shaken, they packed up and started the 15-minute walk back to Ben's car. Suddenly, Kylie spotted a small child with black eyes peering back at her from behind an oak tree and screamed. Oh, no. Ben said he shouted, Leave us alone! He's had no remorse! (laughs) As the pair ran off towards his vehicle. Author Lee has been looking into the spooky going-on at Canet Chase for the last decade and has released four books about his findings. He believes he had his own encounter with the black-eyed child in Birch's Valley back in April 2018. Lee said, She appeared about 100 metres in front of me. She stared right at me for about 30 seconds and vanished without a trace. He also claims to have witnessed someone in an old soldier's uniform walk into the German war cemetery. Maybe that was just someone in an old <laughs> <laughs> Only, f- only to follow them inside and discover they disappeared. Oh, oh there we go. There we go. <laughs> Referring to why he believes there is so much supernatural activity at the site, Lee said, I tend to believe that Kanak Chase is somewhat of a paranormal portal area where beings and entities from the next world can migrate Fucking into our own. Makes sense. We keep coming back to it, do we? I believe the woods are haunted with many dead spirits, spirits of the dead, but there's also lots of monster sightings that happen here. And I think those creatures come from an other, much darker place. I'll see a picture of the black-eyed child. No. And we get it anyway. Fuck. We both say no. Is that the ring? Let's speak there. Oh, oh, I wonder if I can... This will work. Oh! Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Look at that. That's uh, that's pretty good, actually. I like John Lennon. (laughs) (laughs) Creepy John Do some giggling. Is it folk? No. Right, good one. Let's move on. Let's do some headlines. Oh shit, I pushed the wrong thing there. Did I say headlines? Housekeeping. Did I say what did I say? Headlines. I don't know, I was reading that. Trying to make sense of that. Did I say headlines? You did. We've done that. It's housekeeping time. Housekeeping. Do some more headlines. Housekeeping. It's a value for value podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please consider consider returning some value. There's a myriad of ways of doing this. My favourite, as ever, is word of mouth. If you're in a Discord server, Facebook group, uh, Telegram channel. 
<laughs> Wherever you think that, someone may find some benefit from you posting a link of this podcast, an episode that is relevant in a thread or whatever. Do it for us. It helps. <laughs> Phil, you remind me of that bodybuilder guy from Blackburn. Forget his name, though. I get it all the time. <laughs> Who is it? I don't know. <laughs> Who's Cheech, Cheech McD? I don't know. <laughs> oh, is it? The, do you mean Eddie? What's his name? Eddie, the world's strongest man. No, is he from Blackburn? Eddie, I, I want to say some... Boxall. It's not Boxall, is it? No. I would have thought uh, the world's strongest man was probably Icelandic or something. You know, like the guy yeah. from Game of Thrones. The ha- what's he called? The House. How? He had. He was supposed to be boxing him. I think it got cancelled. I'm not surprised. That's shit, pal. You wouldn't want to do that, would you? No, but he's pretty big out. too. Yeah, he just like grab you <laughs> and crush, crush your skull. skull when he was blind. Yeah. Yeah, was he not blind in, when he did that himself or something? Don't know. Oh fuck no! So feel around for eye sockets, can't you? I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, leave us a comment. Subscribe to the YouTube. Um, if you can't think of anything to say, leave us an emoji. It's good for the algorithm. It is. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What can you do? Leave us a review. Yeah. If you're uh, if you're on audio only, which is how most people find us, yep. uh, leave us a review on uh, iTunes or what are your podcast platform of choice and forward that to us. Uh, you can give us a, a rating on Spotify. Five stars. Come on. It all helps. Yeah. Yeah, it's good for the algo. Algor. Um, yeah, remember to join the Discord and then you can interact with us and you'll get a, a hello from me, a hello from Phil, and nothing from Ben. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Discord is key to uh, drop your eavesdropping ways and become a producer. This is yeah. crowdsourced, crowd-produced podcast. All these new stories and jingles mm. and video clips and audio clips generally come from the producers out there. They post links in the Discord or email to us at the Armist Inquisition at gmail.com hmm. and help us provide the content. It's a crowdsourced thing. That's why it's different, unusual, cool. Yeah. And we get to pick the cream, the cream Dude, of the crop. Skim it. So you definitely don't just pick the last ones that are posted because you can't be bothered. <laughs> I, like, I, I did most of the pre-production on like Friday afternoon it's for like tonight. Panning uh, gold, yeah, I've had a busy weekend, but less of my social life or lack thereof. What else can you do on the Discord server? Um, Send news articles, videos, audio, links. Uh, Timestamped help massively, uh, especially if you're uh, linking to a massive uh, YouTube video. How massive is massive, Ben? Uh, anything longer than 13 minutes, I'm going to want to see a timestamp. Spamp. <laughs> I like time how spam. you say you'd like to see it, yeah. Um <laughs> I think we've had a Focus Chi um, <laughs> request, haven't we? Yeah, you can. There's a thread in Discord if you want to request some Chi focusing in your direction. We do this. Mm. We offer this service as a community. We yeah. can we can point it at you. Mm. It's a bit like a an or, uh, what do they call it? A cloudbuster? An orgone cloudbuster? Yeah, space, space cannon? cannon. <laughs> space cannon? Yeah. So maybe you've got a job interview coming up, uh, or you've got ill health. Maybe you come down with flu or something. Mm. Uh, and you've got a depleted G in the form of health condition. Maybe you've got mm. a big uh, conference coming up, and you're giving a presentation. You need some help. Maybe there's an election. You're not feeling too well. You're getting on in years. Uh, mm. You don't know what's going to happen. But your name's on the paper. <laughs> we can cannon some chi into you. Yeah. yeah, I have a request in the Discord server in the appropriate thread or email us at the Armist Inquisition at gmail.com. Mm. We got this one this week. This is from uh, Jacob. This is via the Discord. Uh, I sprained my foot. K 
Can I get a dose of cheap, please? Oh, Matt, your targeting's a bit off for the foot. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but if if you go down to the 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 base cheese zone, right. um, then you know it just goes everywhere else, so you're fine. Okay, cool. Okay, to increase wavelength. Yeah. Are we ready then? We're going to focus our chief for Jacob. Yeah. You lot at home as well, you know. It's not, it's not good if it's just us three doing it. No. Okay, ready? Eyes down, looking. <sighs> oh. to accumulate some more chi. Mm. What else can you do uh, uh, to become a producer? You Anything could else? submit show artwork. Oh, show artwork, right, yeah. So we have new artwork every week. Every week we do can, it. Uh, email that to us, uh, post it in the Discord. No submission this week, but I knocked this up a bit earlier. Here it comes. Did you knock it out oh. in your accumulator? I did. Oh, that is on fire. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've got Leon Southgate... Um, instead of in a blue hue, everything's in red, in a red hue and on fire. <laughs> uh, we got Wilhelm Reich. In yes, there's a young prime, man there, yeah. In his prime. Um, and I assume a depiction of his books being burnt. Yeah. Yeah. By order of the FDA. Yes. I mean, you know, imagine that, the FDA just burning information. Imagine. Imagine. Um... Is that it? Any other way to become a producer of this podcast? Um, you could buy merch. You get oh, yourself yes. a literally a communist hoodie like this there one. It is. I'm literally a communist. That's the bacon nuts t-shirt there. That's the bacon nuts t-shirt there, yeah. Also, we got the mug. We got a mug. Mug. Three weeks to flatten the earth t-shirt there. Yeah, I like. It's that. my it's personal favourite. It's oh. the best, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. I love it, yeah. That's Lee's design, that. Mm. Again, like, you know, if you send us artwork, we can uh, put them on T-shirts as well. Yep. Uh, that's what you're modelling there. That's Literally a communist hoodie. It's a, yeah, it's an Amish Matt hoodie. And uh, the standard tea. Yeah, standard. That's good as well, standard, like yeah. The bacon nuts tea. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. if you've got to down to the show notes, you'll find a link to the Amish loot chest, and this, that's just a small snippet. I mean, it is Christmas. Coming it up, is, isn't yeah. it? So, you know, all the major holidays are out the way now. Who won't want a mug with a pig with giant nuts on it? Saturnalia is upon us. Oh, yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Buy so a buy a hoodie shit. then. Do it. Um, if you want. <laughs> how else do you become... What's the best way to become a producer oh, of this podcast? You could always toss us a coin, bitches. Toss a coin <laughs> to your witcher. Absolutely. Do it for the lads. 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 You know, because oh, we're northern and we're bloody miserable and the weather's fucking shit. You go to the armistinquisition.com, you'll find a PayPal button there. Give us a one-off donation, sign up for a monthly recurring sustaining donation. Donations at a level of £50 or 50 units of currency, whatever country you're in, will grant you the rank, the status, the cachet, the social standing of executive producer for that episode. Imagine that. Amazing. Looks great on your CV, your LinkedIn, your... I always forget the name of it, the swipe thing. Tinder. 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 These credits are real. We're not, this isn't a joke. <laughs> Believe it or not. It, 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 may come across, it may come across as a joke. Yeah, this is actually real. Like, you can put this on your CV and we will reference you. Mm. Podcast producer. Yeah, that's, that's, you know. in this light, this is a real podcast. It is. 
So Apparently it's, it is. Yeah. Is it real? Um, while we're on donations, um, a while back, I think, I don't know if someone asked me or not to set up buyers a coffee. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, I, I can understand why. Some people are a bit funny about going through a, a website they don't know and putting mm-hmm. their PayPal stuff in there, whereas things like Patreon, buys a coffee, they're legit, aren't they? It's like mm-hmm. a lot of people will be more comfortable going through one of those services. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they already donate to someone on mm-hmm. buys a coffee. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I set it up uh, a couple of months ago. I got an email off, off them this week mm-hmm. saying they've introduced a new uh, service, wish lists. Oh, right. Okay. You can now put a wish list on your Buy Me a Coffee profile. So, obviously, I updated it. Here we are. Here we go. There's Banana Cleaner. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that the only thing on it? it, it you're right. It is our top priority. <laughs> one of one. Having clean bananas. Automatic banana cleaning is our top priority. It says there. Black yes, and yeah. white. Oh, I mean, yeah. That's the it's only thing we're day. interested in. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, you know, we can take turns. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, <laughs> you know, I'll have it the first week. You can take it away with you and have it the next week. You yeah. need to keep bananas clean, man. <laughs> 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 so I don't want to hog it. Uh, so you're right, you're right. It might That's be a bit worn out, like. Filthy bananas. I think it's put, put me off bananas, to be honest with you. <laughs> right, okay. Well, fair enough, whatever. Right. <laughs> Um, yeah, shall we? Um, is it time? Is it time to thank the producers already? Have we? I think we've. Yeah, we know birthdays or anything. You can request oh, a birthday, whatever. Yeah, I think it's time to thank the producers. Is it not? It is. It's time to big up the man Dems, yo. Okay, so uh, producers for episode two five seven. Who have we got? We've got uh, Daniel Garcia, Danny G. Oh, oh, Danny, Danny G. G. Yeah. We've got uh, Helen of Troy, Slicko. And uh, Lee from the Big Conspire, thank you so much. You're so amazing. Amazing. Mm. They are. Yeah. So yeah. amazing. <laughs> and they love them. Literally. The best mate. You, you are extremely cool, guys. The dwarf. The carrot. The grape. The homophobe. The winds. The asna. The cornpop. The number 11. The blind man. The fallen on the horizon. The cripple. From hell. My own. <laughs> I don't get it, never will. Yeah, thanks uh, for your support for another week. It means the world to us. If uh, if you're in the position in these difficult economic times to support us monetarily, that's uh, a big deal for us. Mm-hmm. We don't have any sponsors, no adverts, nothing behind paywalls. This is the value for value system. If whatever value you derive from this if you put a number on that we don't put the price on it if you are able to transfer that into a, a sum of money or gold uh, yeah. then uh, yeah forward it to us we appreciate it much appreciated yeah, yeah um, before you. we move on uh, I was talking in the interim um, you know we had Don, Dom and Chris from the sheep farm on the other week uh, mm-hmm. yes. and Dom was talking about rise above they're going on rise above uh-huh. and um, and they, they mention it on their podcast as well and uh, I jumped in to Rise Above on Friday. The stream Friday nights, 9pm mm-hmm. each week. And uh, it's wild. <laughs> it's fucking wild. It's like, uh, there's like a DJ booth and it's like it's drum and bass and live emceeing and then esoteric stuff and Lost Civilizations and Klaus Schwab and the WEF and all that stuff. I just thought I'd uh, take a quick, quick clip here. Sounds amazing. 
Oh, shit. <laughs> Shout out to Doggy Gemmel. Hey, the Armist Inquisition podcast. Tim, how you doing, guys? Amazing beard. Huh? The beard game is strong. Best beards on YouTube. Ah. <laughs> Don't forget, check out the Armist Inquisition. They've got an awesome podcast. Show them some love. We'll, we'll chat to them in the new year. Strong ties with Severin, Severin, strong ties with Severin, weak links with Severin, there's never been a better time to unleash and get them in. I mean, this is like uh... What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> I just... It's That's wild. Amazing. I fucking love it. I, was, I watched it I watched for about an hour and 40 minutes. It was Friday night, so yeah. it's usually movie night in our house, but oh. I, I watched uh, for about an hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes, and uh, yeah, I just thought, well, thanks for the shout-out. I thought I'd return the favour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, check it out, man. Nine o'clock yeah, on uh, Friday nights. Link in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. That looks unmissable. Man. It does. That's amazing. Rise Above is place to be on a Friday night. Reject the Soviet, the Soviet Union. That's a great so phrase, man. <laughs> and uh, they've been doing live events. They did, a, a, I think, a live event in the summer. Oh, nice. So, uh, yeah, loads. It's like uh, you can tell it's my first time going into the chat and that. <laughs> first bit. time listening to Drum and Bass. <laughs> <laughs> But um, you can tell the way people are communicating in the chat that this is like a community that's developed yeah, yeah, yeah. over the, the course of time. So uh, mm-hmm. fucking cool. That's so magic. Hopefully, hopefully we'll meet up before too long. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Contact at the caravan with Rise Above. Oof, not sure we'll the see. caravan could take it. <laughs> I'll take three of us. Hang him. <laughs> have to get Ryan Seven in as well. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's a bit like it's it's picking it's picking time's pretty much gone, isn't it? Uh, for mushrooms? No, no. <laughs> I'm talking about what, what are you going on about? Sorry. I forgot myself. Mushrooms? <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Let's move on. Contact at Canic. Yeah. Oh shit! No, I don't want to fucking. Bl- oh my god. Fuck. Hello. It's. Uh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, Just off oil. They've been in trouble this yeah. week, haven't they? Oh, the soup guys. He throws soup. soup at stuff, don't he? That was that. They have been doing that, haven't they? Throwing uh, soup at masterworks. What's the right? thing they've been in trouble for this week? Have, you glue, have they been gluing themselves to motorways again? Shutting down the M25. Yeah. Yeah, I've got to a be bit. honest, it's, mm. it hardly moves anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Good point, yeah. I've just got a little clip um, of one of the protesters here. I thought it was worth playing. It's not the one from the news, is it? Oh, which one's that? She's the one just, from the news? She's just shouting at him. Oh, no, no, it's this is she's on the bridge. Oh, right. She's okay. live streaming from the M25 gantry. Oh, right, okay. You'll love it. My name is Louise. I'm 24 years old. And I'm here. Oh, no. I'm <laughs> <laughs> here because I'm in the future. She doesn't have a future. She doesn't have a future? No. <laughs> and you might hate me for doing this, and you're entitled to hate me. But I wish you would direct all that anger and hatred at our government. They are betraying young people like me. Wow, there was a flick there. You see the flick of the, wow. the jaw? Wow. Good catch. I, 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 didn't, I didn't catch that the first time I saw it. There is a distinct... That's my job, man. Thespian. Self-important. Yeah, anyway. I would love to be there if they did their lawful duty to their own citizens. 
politician demanding an end to all new oil and gas licenses in the UK. What will she says she's NK Ultrad. Unfortunately, you're pretty much you're hitting the nail on the head. Our, our kids, our younger generation, are being propagandised with this shit. <coughs> yeah, it's they're, started, they're, yeah. It's, it's an apocalyptic, like Thunberg was the, the tip of the spear. Yeah. That this is a climate, you know, and we've seen it. We remember when we... God, this is years ago, and we talked about how the style guide in The Guardian had changed. You know what the style oh. guide is? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. newspapers have a style climate guide. crisis instead of climate change. It, it dictates what language they use in their publication. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, climate change is not kosher anymore. It has to be climate emergency, climate crisis. Mm. And guess what? People obs- absorb this shit, and it mm. gets into their head. And we end up with, you know, young people like this in their early 20s Strapping themselves to motorway countries because they think they're going to die. They think they're going to die in five years. It's this not, is what's happening to our kids, our younger generation. It's not going to happen. What? She's not going to die in five years from she like, really, climate change. She falls change. off that gun. <laughs> what the United Nations are asking for, the International Energy, the IPCC. How many more people the police have complaint to say... <laughs> uh, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Oh, right. IPCC. I thought that was the... <laughs> yes, yeah, the Independent Police <laughs> Complaints bit of, Commission. Bit of chin going on there. <laughs> <laughs> that was an unfortunate pause, wasn't it? That's uh, We don't have a... Li- that's what my face looks like when I've got the banana cleaner going. <laughs> <laughs> Just happy to have clean bananas. Yeah. future if you continue licensing oil and gas for you to listen. Why does it take young people like me? Oh, there she's gone again, hasn't See, she? The young people like me. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's, let's check that out again and watch future if you continue licensing oil and gas for you to listen why does it take young people like me up on a fucking gantry on the m25 for you to listen okay, let's get a guitar and write a protest song like they used to yeah it's 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 sad isn't it look how famous dylan is now she could be as famous as bob dylan exactly she got off a gantry went to uh there's our nearest music shop, Rimmers. God, there aren't any, are there? I know, music shops. Like... I mean, but I'm like, you know, winter's cold, man, so I need to put the boiler on to warm the house. She'll so, have a boiler. I mean, you know, I, you know I've seen, there's loads of videos of her driving and stuff, you know. So she, she owns a car, allegedly. Um, oh, and there's pictures of her, you know, driving a car. Outrageous. Yeah, I know. What a hypocrite. But maybe that's before she was like... Um, you know, fully taken control of. Maybe she wasn't activated at that point. That's yeah, what happens, you. isn't it? You have to get activated, don't you? Do you know how much petrochemical is used in the creation of a high-vis jacket? Probably a lot. More than none. <laughs> yeah, imagine it wasn't made of wool. No, no. <clears throat> well, anyway, let's move on from that. Um, what's the highest accolade an actor can receive? Um, to be me too'd? Nope. Oh, an actor. Um, yeah, I don't know. Don't know. Can't think of anything funny. An Oscar, then. An Oscar, yeah. There we go. Well, let's uh, see this clip of Sean Penn. Oh, God. <laughs> 
From one actor to another. I was just about to say, is this like, does he realise what that kind of implies? I mean, they're not hiding it. I know. The, the message, are they? No. Yeah. Uh, whoever does the, whoever does, I'm, I'm guessing Sean Penn's production company made this. Well, it's a documentary, isn't it? So it, it, this is from ages ago. He did this a while ago, like months ago. Oh, that's when he went the first time because oh, it was but again. This is from last week. Oh right, okay. Yeah, I believe. I believe. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But whoever's done the the sound mix, the background audio is fucking. You can't hear what they're saying half the time. Oh right, okay. But anyway, let's continue because it's it's cringeworthy. I I feel terrible outside. I just it's just a symbolic silly thing. Yes, but, but I if but I know, but if I know this is here with you, then I'll then I'll feel better and stronger for the fights. Strong enough for the fight, did he say? In LA. Malibu. <laughs> oh God, if I know if I know this is here with you. I'm I'll, be, be, I'll, I'll be able to be, sleep when I go home to my van I'll be strong for the fight. How many celebrities are over there now? <laughs> Banksy's over there. Oh fuck off. <laughs> this is fucking nonsense, this, isn't it? This is ridiculous. This is I, what? what is happening? Is it like George Orwell, you know, or something? During the wait, like going to fight, was it fighting for the Sandinistas? I can't remember which side it was. He was for the Sandinistas, was, Orwell, wasn't he? So you know, against sort of like the the fascists. Um, oh, just yeah. Yep, carry on. So great, great to honor, but yeah. until we will. When you when you win, bring it back to Malibu. Great. Yes. Okay. Because I'll feel okay. much better knowing there's a piece of me here. We have to win. Did you catch that? Well, the he'll be in much better as a piece of him here. Or what did? He's not even giving it him. No, he's, he's saying bring it back. Bring it back. back to Malibu. Yeah. Bring it back to Malibu. I'll be waiting. Yeah, what happens if he gets like you know? The original thing he said was that he was going to melt his Oscars. Do you remember we played the clip of oh. him saying he was going to melt down his Oscars if uh, Zelensky wasn't allowed to speak at the Oscars? At the Oscars. The Film Actors Guild or whatever it was. Did he end up speaking there? No. Oh, right, okay. I don't, well, oh, I don't know. I'm speaking don't, un, don't know. uninformed. Maybe, I can't remember. He's not melting them down anyway, so I No, he's he giving them away. Them well, away. He's, he's loaning them out for a war. <laughs> I'll, loan you the, I'll loan you this for the war. Because it'll make me feel good and then I'll be strong for the fight. Yeah. <laughs> so and when to you, death with it. When you're done with it, bring your bad to me in Malibu. Okay. <laughs> I love it. It's oh, a clown world. Man. This is clown world. But it's, it's great PR, though. This mm. is great propaganda. For the morons who just watch the, the, the idiot box, this is, like, great for them. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue. Guess there's, there's more yet. A moment which is very important. It's not from me. It's from Ukraine. That is more. Oh, is it a Eurovision medal? What is happening? You can't just, you know, they must have known this was coming, so they've got something ready for him to give him back. It looks like a medal, doesn't it? It'll be like the freedom of, you know, the keys to Kiev or something, Uh, won't it? Something, another symbolic piece of nonsense. Oscar there. 
me? Why are you bringing me out here? <laughs> hey, man. What are we doing here? I want to show you. Oh, what do you want to show me? Who was here? What this guy? I think you know him. That is the deed. And here you, you can read if you don't know this guy. That is a great honor today. He's the first name on the Kiev Hall of Fame, Walk of Fame. You know, like they have in, is it in L.A.? The, yeah. uh, what do they call it, where the stars are? Yeah, the Walk, walk of the fame. Stars. fame, isn't it? Star walk. Is it called the Walk of Fame? Star Walk. Walk of the Fame. Is it one in Blackpool? Hollywood Fall Walk Flame. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is it not just like the Walk of Fame? The Walk of Fame. Star. Hollywood Hollywood Walk of Fame. Is it? Yeah. It's got to be. Um... Hollywood, Hans, Hollywood, Hans a Hollywood star, famous people on floor <laughs> walk. It's got to say, je ne sais quoi. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm struggling here because I really need a wee. Oh, all right. Okay, go on then. Go, here we go. Is, he, is this the one you're really proud of? No, 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 no. Oh, I am. I'm proud of everything. I'm proud of everything. But no, it's not time for that yet. Okay. I'm going to have to go for a pee because that, that thing I'm really proud of is going to take 10 minutes. Oh, for fuck's sake. Go on then. Uh, I, was, I was listening to Grime America, you know, my favourite Canadian podcast, Those Mad Canucks. Mm. Is that the name of them? Canucks? Canadians? Is that a de derogatory term? Oh, shit. Sorry. <laughs> you know, they were in London on Thursday. All of Canada? <laughs> no, just Darren and Graham. All right. Cool, yeah. Where did he come yeah. over for? Cool. Uh, on the way to Egypt. All oh, right. Okay. For a trip. Um, it was, you know, Thursday night. I wasn't going to go. It was an eight o'clock meet up. So. Oh, right. Okay. And, uh, but yeah, we, we, I think we saw um, a dark side of Graham, of, of Darren. Assortment of rainbow dildos. Not that. <laughs> I think we saw the, uh, yeah. Is it this? I think this is a clip. This is from a recent podcast. I'm a fucking asshole at the end of the day. Because here's the thing. <laughs> The older I get, the more I just come around to, you know what? There is a bunch of fucking useless eaters running around. And I'm sorry, but I used to not care. I really used to not care. I used to think, whatever, live and let fucking live, you know, whatever. Mm. But now I'm a fucking asshole. It's turned. What? <laughs> I'm a fucking asshole. For what? For thinking that people are just useless eaters rather than... No, it used to be a, like, live and let live kind of thing. Mm. And now he's realising that um, that's not enough anymore. He's going to have to, you know... He's having people. to talk He's having to talk with his kids' teachers in school oh, because right. of things that are happening in the classroom. Right, OK. <laughs> Darren Swab, <laughs> yeah. Anal Schwab. Are you retarded? I'm a spaz. Mm. Um, right, let's move on. Um, should we, you know, uh, JB, Joe Biden, creepy Uncle Joe? I've heard of him, yes. Um, he had a, a mouth... that old guy? It's that old, old guy. He had a bit another malfunction this week. We put a cap of $2,000 a year on prescription drugs for seniors, no matter what their cost. Two, ten, twelve, fifteen. Whoop, oh. stepping on them. There's a, it's black. Anyway. <laughs> oh, wow. No matter what the cost. It's oh. <laughs> we put a cap of $2,000 a year on prescription drugs for seniors. No matter what their cost. Two, ten, twelve, fifteen. Whoop, stepping on them. There's a, it's black. Anyway. <laughs> Whoop, stepping no on them. No matter what the cost. It's black. Anyway. 
You're embarrassing yourself. Wow. Just describe it. <laughs> I don't know what it is. This is black. It's a color it's black. Oh, he's going. I've got to go. He's, go he's, got, to, he's got to enter his bladder before he can get through the last 10 minutes. Of... Yes, I'm going to burst. Apparently, this is the. In the break, he uh, really hyped this up, so. Yeah, we'll look forward to that. In the meantime, though, Matt, I have been watching uh, The Idiot Box. Okay. Um, I watched uh, the Sandman series on. Was it Netflix? Oh, man, I tried to watch a little bit of that. That that was fucking shit. Did you? Was it? I wasn't sure whether it was or not, but I watched all of it. Uh, <laughs> just in case. I thought it was all right. Did he get going? I thought he did, yeah. Really? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's got no standout points that I can remember. <laughs> I had to turn it off, yeah. I, watched, I think I watched like 10 or 15 minutes of it. I thought, nah. No. Nah, mate. Ah, oh, What? And then I had to, yeah, and then I just didn't watch it. I think what we, what, what did we watch? Or oh, we watched something. It's called the Cabinet of Curiosities. Yes, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, I was a little bit. Watched the first two. So perturbed far. as to how large he is when he's, he's kind of going. <laughs> and is this true? We have. <sighs> I think he's what's termed as a, a sweat lord. Yeah. <laughs> But he's he, massive. Fantastic director, though. He is, yeah. But he doesn't direct any of these. No, he doesn't. He's just like he's just like the old Hammer Horror type thing. Yes. So re- reminding me a bit of um, Garth Marenghi. Yes, who's, uh, introducing the uh, the shows. Mm. But yeah, incidentally, Garth Marenghi live show a book tour is right. in Manchester um, in a couple of weeks in December. So that's down to that. Right, check Anyone it out. Interested? Check it out. Yeah, well, don't get tickets before I do. And. Make him sell out there. Are you back? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah, sorry, I had to empty my bladder. I don't know what it is with me tonight. It's like a, it's probably just a full bladder. It probably is, but I think maybe it's shrunk. Maybe I've lost elasticity. Because of your orgones. Yeah, depleted chi, maybe. Maybe I need to put yeah. in a chi request for myself. Yeah, you do. <laughs> An iron bladder. Maybe I've swollen your prostate. Yeah. It's pushing on your bladder. God. Right. <laughs> You're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> what the Farage? What the Farage indeed. Okay, is it time for an and finally? And finally. So I got another email this week, and it was from Cameo. Oh, Do you remember the website? Oh, what, yes. the band? <laughs> Word up, <laughs> everybody. Well, they had a cod piece and a half, didn't they? Mm. The Cameo, man. Certainly did. Can't remember his name. Never mind. Not important. No, it's the other Cameo. Right. Did you, have you paid for it then? No, 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 no. Don't pay for Cameo. Explain what Cameo is. Cameo is a, a website or an app, isn't it, where you can pay celebrities a range of celebrities. Like us. Yeah, from like <laughs> like E to A, I would say. And uh, three on there. I think so. And like Chevy Chase. And um, uh, you can pay them to say things like, you know, birthday shout outs or ridiculous songs. I think some of them will say literally anything. Yeah, some of them will, won't they? For cash. Yeah. Yeah, it's mainly sort of bottom drawer celebs, isn't it? It's mainly, like, yeah. You know, like 50 quid here, 10 pound there. Sean Penn. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, we've we have tapped Cameo before because you know one of the biggest celebs on Cameo is uh, Nigel Farage. Oh, Raj. that guy! Yeah. So I got the email from Cameo this week. I don't know what they were saying. You know, some sort of some sort of circular offer or whatever. 
I thought, blimey neck, it has been months. Maybe I should check in on what Nigel Farage has been doing on Cameo. Oh, no. And uh, let's just say I've filled three banks <laughs> of clips. Number one. Shout out to Ben Sussy Backer Tough, delivered by me, Nigel Farage. And of course, it's because it's your stag now. Wagwan fam, you're going to Somerset. There'll be a few surprises, and I hope you have a great time. You are a passionate flat earther, that's what the boys say. <laughs> Shout out to Ben. Passionate flat earther. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Wagwan fam, you're going to Somerset. <laughs> Wagwan. Bagwan? Wagwan. Wagwan. What did he say? Wagwan. Hang on. To Ben Sussy Backer Tough, delivered by me, Nigel Farage. And of course, it's because it's your stag now. Wagwan fam, you're going to Somerset. There'll be a few surprises, and I hope you have a great time. You are a passionate flat earther, that's what the boys say. Oh, the boys. Wagwan fam, you're going to Somerset. <laughs> Two. <laughs> again. Wag wan fam, you're going to Somerset. <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. Okay, number two. Listen in. BUSD, based Sigma Chad. Hope you're happy since you paired off with CHT. It's hot in Europe at the moment. Even the pools burnt. That was, yeah. Based Sigma Chad. It's my new. I want that to be my new handle. <laughs> my new gaming clan. handle. Can we get our clan on there? <laughs> Destiny. Can we start the too. <laughs> Based Sigma Chads. <laughs> Based Sigma Chad. <laughs> okay, number three. You're a big chungus and a certified ukipper seven days a week, a Brexiteer, and you love Dagestani cuisine. <laughs> You're a big chungus. You're a big chungus. Yes. You're a big Go chungus. <laughs> I got. Oh well, we might get to that <laughs> at the end uh, because you know you can construct your own yeah. cameos <laughs> when you're gifted in the clippage department. You're a big chungus. Clip four. Hello, Mark. It's Nigel Farage here. Got a message for you from Brandon and from me too. Brandon says, happy birthday, you giant mistake. Now- <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday, you giant mistake. I mean, it's just asking to replace... Happy birthday, you giant yeah. mistake. Yeah, <laughs> happy birthday, you giant mistake. <laughs> wow. Do you not think? Yeah. I think that yeah, could be the new happy birthday is, jingle. I think it is, yeah. Maybe you could request, you know, whether you want... Happy birthday, Hugh Janus. Or yeah. happy birthday, you giant mistake. <laughs> Hello, Mark, it's Nigel Farage here. Got a message for you from Brandon and from me too. Brandon says, happy birthday, you giant mistake. Now, there's no need to hide it. We all know you got caught sucking your fingers on the bus. They say you were aroused by e-scooters at the age of 34, which is disturbing. <laughs> wow. Happy birthday, you giant mistake. <laughs> They say you were aroused by e-scooters at the age of 34. You got caught sucking your fingers on the bus. <laughs> oh, last one. 
And Liam, happy birthday, boy, you Brexiteer, you will, Leonia. You love fish and nuts. Rum boy, respect. Now, this may be me, Nigel Farage, but actually, the rum boy, respect. Are you all right? Yeah. <laughs> it's emotional about the e-scooters. <laughs> they say you're aroused by e-scooters at the age of 34. That's what does it. Yeah. But do you love fish and nuts? You love fish and nuts. <laughs> yeah. Who <laughs> yeah. doesn't? And Liam, happy birthday, boy, you Brexiteer, you will, Leonia. You love fish and nuts. Rum boy, respect. Now, <laughs> this may be me, Nigel Farage, but actually the message comes from Will. Congratulations on becoming a doctor of thugonomics. <laughs> Please clip... Every congratulations. Congratulations on becoming a doctor of thugonomics. <laughs> it's gold. It's fucking gold coming out. Congratulations on becoming a doctor of thugonomics. Isle of Cocks. <laughs> so you know what you can do? Rather than paying Nigel, you can just make your own. Yeah, so give you a cameo. Have you done well? Well, I mean, I can just sort of... I can just randomly hit the... <laughs> Wagwan fam, you're going to Somerset. Based Sigma Chad, you're a big chungus. Happy birthday, you giant mistake. They say you're aroused by e-scooters at the age of 34. You love fish and nuts. You got caught sucking your fingers on the bus. Run, boy. Respect. Congratulations on becoming a doctor of thugonomics. <laughs> what a legend. It's great, isn't he? Is this yeah. still like a an MDP? <laughs> no, it's not. Any, he's not. We're not in, in the thing anymore, are we, Ben? He's uh, not ben. in the EU. He's at the Isle of Cox. Isle, Isle of, of Cox. <laughs> nice. Oh, Willie G. Oh, Willie G. Willie G. Chungus never seems so, so sus, sus, so sus, sus, so sus. sus. He went to Isle of Cox. <laughs> ah, yes. Vents to the Isle of Cox now, you know. That's how it works. Electrical. Vents to electrical scooters. Um, you love fish and nuts. That's the main thing. I'm going to have to calm down now when I go uh, home. We're not going to be able to go to sleep. Sweaty. What the farage? <laughs> really? No. You're embarrassing yourself. I've got sweat on as well from... <laughs> The extreme laughter. <laughs> Are you retarded? No. Woo. I'm a spaz. Right, I think right. that's enough for tonight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Well, it's about time we went to Somerset, isn't it? Wag wan fam, you're, you're going, going to Somerset. To Somerset. <laughs> Excellent, yes. Well, thank you all for listening and uh, interacting on the chat. Much mm. appreciated. Yeah. Continue to sub and like us on the interweb. Yeah, and, and happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Isle of Cocks. More absolute madness. Uh, same time next week? Same time next week. Yeah. Mm. Another another good one. Let's hope. Yeah. You know, I'm working on my PhD in thugonomics. Congratulations on becoming a doctor of thugonomics. Thugonomics. Oh, <laughs> Willie G. Pum, pum, pum. Ah, right, let's sign off. Are you entertained yes. or what? Are you not entertained? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. good. I like Shabalog. what you got. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like what you got. Good job. Good job. Good job. For the prostate in the men.
but we'll see you next week lovely stuff see you next week thanks everyone bye we love you I love you thank you for watching Based Sigma Chad. I look like a war hardened goblin. You're embarrassing yourself. You don't give a fuck. I'm a fucking asshole. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Wagwan fam, you're going to Somerset.